Christian greetings to each of you. My assignment tonight is The Shepherd's Heart, the title of the message. And this, of course, is to help all of us as we think about responsibilities we have, but it is also of encouragement as it relates to the ordination and Brother Jason as he assumes the responsibilities that uh, he has been called to. The shepherd's heart must be a heart of love. And while that sounds so basic, it is really not. And I take... uh, some further thoughts on that from Galatians chapter 5 as it relates to a shepherd's heart. Thank you. And the first point, of course, is a shepherd's heart is a heart of love. And the Galatians 5, the last part of uh, verse 6, talks about, but faith which worketh by love. Faith which worketh by love. And that kind of makes the the love picture even more complete as it relates to our spiritual lives. Faith which worketh by love. Serving one another in love, in other words, is part of our faith. It is not optional. It is part of a shepherd's heart. Galatians 5 also in uh, verse 22 and 23 talk about the, the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. The first uh, one, the first word mentioned in this in this section of fruit is love but the fruit of the spirit and we often say fruits of the spirit but it says fruit of the spirit because I think there's so much involved about uh, in there about the part of that very first fruit and I realize that as we get into some of the others it, it can relate to fruits of the spirit as well but I think especially as it pertains to this very important aspect of a shepherd's heart being a heart of love, it is important to realize that the fruit of the Spirit is love. Do you, uh, as you think about that, uh, think about the, the rest being in place if love is out of place? The gentleness, the meekness, the other, the other ones that we, that we list. If love is out of place, they're gonna, that's going to fall short as well. So we come back to the importance of that being part of a shepherd's heart, must be part of a shepherd's heart, will be part of a shepherd's heart as he labors. He knows the shepherd, that is, knows about divine love. So what is divine love? Listen as I try to describe that to you. Divine agape love is the spirit in the heart that will never seek anything but the highest good of his fellow men. It is truly love, not mere emotions. It loves when emotions may be totally absent. 
It is the shepherd's heart. The shepherd and the shepherd's heart. I'd like to continue to think about some of the aspects of a shepherd's heart and what having had in, having had in place now the part of his heart is a heart of love. So that heart of love as a shepherd's heart also is one that sacrifices. It gives. It has compassion. Divine love wills to love, even if the other person doesn't deserve it. It wills to build up the other, to build good relationships, regardless of the cost. It will help when help is not seemingly deserved. It will continue to be there to help. Or sometimes when help is not even desired. We don't go, a shepherd's heart does not go away forgetting. And he sees really special needs at a time like that when someone may be rejecting the care of a shepherd. Divine love loves in the good times and in the times that are not so good. That's divine love. Like you to like it's also to be refreshed from the importance of that in John chapter 13 if you'll turn there for a few verses. John chapter 13 and verses 34 and 35. Very familiar verses, but I think it's important that we see them from Christ, the head of the church, the chief shepherd. A new commandment I give unto you, verse 34, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if you have love one to another. And then chapter 15, verses 12 and 13. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Might we insert that a shepherd will lay down his life for his friends. And Jesus says, "Ye are my friends if ye do whatsoever I command you." 1 Peter 1:22 See that ye love one another with a pure heart, fervently. Expression given to that in that verse. 1 John 4:11 Beloved if God so loved us, we don't, we don't even hardly think about or doubt that part of it. God did love us, and we say that, and we believe that. But if God so loved us, we 
ought also to love one another. And I remind us, we are people. And we have natures that sometimes are working against this. And as, as I remind us of that, I also remind us that, it, that this love does not happen automatically. It, it, it takes diligence at times. Sometimes it's more natural than others. Other times it requires work, it requires diligence, it requires patience. It requires forbearance, but it is a sign of a shepherd's heart. A shepherd should meditates and ponders upon the shepherd and the sheep. And sometimes as he's pondering, he thinks, well, what if there were no sheep? What if that sheep, those sheep wander away? And as he ponders and thinks about his sheep, his valuable sheep that are under his care, it, it gives him courage, and he goes on from there. He is stirred again with love to realize there are sheep. That I am called to shepherd. Source without the sheep, what is the need of a shepherd? A shepherd's heart. I'd like to just look at a couple uh, biblical examples of people who definitely were exemplary in having a shepherd's heart. Uh, one from the New Testament and one from the Old. This, the first one I'm thinking of is in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1. You can turn to that. And this is, this is Paul's shepherd heart relating to Timothy. Second Timothy 1. I'm just going to look at a few, a few verses and pick them out as it relates to these points of uh, Paul being an example of a person of, with a shepherd's heart. Um, Paul is giving expression to, to Timothy. Verse 2. He says, to Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I see in the example that Paul leaves concerning the younger person that was going on, coming on to be a shepherd of the Lord, Timothy in this case. He addresses him as my dearly beloved son. And I like that aspect as we think about a shepherd's heart. It's a heart of, it's, it's endearment that you see there. And so it will be as it relates to the sheep or as it relates to other shepherds. And especially the older relating to the younger as, as shepherds are brought and are called. 
And I believe that is really the, the feeling that, that is present as they think about, as they have a shepherd's heart relating to a younger shepherd, Timothy, my dearly beloved son. Another is this, the thought of prayer mentioned in verse 3. So very important as it relates to the heart of a shepherd. He says, I thank God, whom I serve for my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. That's about as complete as prayer can get. I pray for you night and day. A shepherd will feel a bonding because of the prayer that he has for the sheep. And verse 6, a shepherd's heart desires others to be stirred up in the gift that God has blessed them with. And even better, if they're, if they're going on and being... Uh, being even more useful as shepherds within the fold. And that was Paul's thoughts as it related to Timothy. A shepherd's heart desires others to be stirred up in the gift that God has blessed them with. Verse 6, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance, that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Stir up the gift. Keep it going. Keep working at it was Paul's encouragement, is my encouragement for Brother Jason and shepherds elsewhere. <clears throat> A shepherd's heart thinks about the sheep oftentimes. A shepherd's heart thinks about the sheep of tomorrow. A shepherd's heart reaches out to the Timothys around them. Now from the Old Testament, uh, I'd like to look at the life of, uh, there's, there's uh, the life of Nehemiah. And we're not going to necessarily uh, read that. I think it's the first 14 verses probably that are, that give the, verses that relate to these points on a shepherd's heart. Nehemiah, certainly, I think we're familiar enough with him to know the comparisons that can be made with him leading as a very faithful leader and having a, having a shepherd's heart. To some, as they might have looked on, they would have thought he's bypassing some things that he should be looking at. But he shows and he says it in these verses that he why the reason that he needed to continue on with the project that was before him. But indeed, he is an example of showing a shepherd's heart. And, and, and one of the ways is, is in how he handled criticism. In our interviews, and as we've, as we've talked, we talked about this aspect of criticism that is, uh, kind of comes our way at times in leadership. And 
how to handle that and not to go down under it, but kind of to realize it will happen and different aspects of that. But Nehemiah shows a shepherd's heart and how he handled criticism. As we think about criticism, um, there is constructive criticism, we call it, but it certainly isn't guaranteed that we will always receive constructive criticism. Um, some say, well, don't pay any attention to it. I think that's a little too uh, un, un, unshepherdish, <laughs> you might say it. When you think of, of that aspect. So yes, I, I believe as it relates to criticism, and I think as it, Nehemiah sets the example here, uh, one with a shepherd's heart will pay some attention to criticism. He should hear what's being, what's being said. But on the other hand, he should not pay too much attention to it because men of God have gone down themselves. Shepherds have, have gone down in their, in their efforts, in their ministries, because they simply could not handle the criticism that came their way and so, yes, it is a, it is a part of, of life that we are, we are, know that it will probably will come our way. There is loving criticism as well. And so that's why it's wise to, to think about what has been brought. And I think it's wise to filter out the fact from what is not fact. And in that way, we think about it. But to, a, to the shepherd with a right heart, friendship is not necessarily done away with or threatened by honest criticism. And now let's look at uh, Nehemiah and see how he, <coughs> the examples that he leaves. So it's in Nehemiah 6, uh, verses 1 through 14. And we're just going to refer to these, to these points The first is found in verse 3, in the midst of a lot of criticism. Nehemiah sets the example by showing that he kept his composure. Very important as it relates to a shepherd's heart. He sent messengers saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease? whilst I leave it and come down to you. Basically, I think he was saying, I can't be two places at one time. And I've got important work here that needs to go on. And if I go and come down to you, this work is going to be hindered. And there's a building project that's going on that needs to continue. So I, I see him hearing it, but then making a decision based upon that. And the whole time, seemingly, he, he kept his, his composure, he kept his goals, he moved forward from there. Secondly, he, he considered the source of criticism. 
He considered where it was coming from. And he understood and knew that there were wrong intentions behind the criticism. And so he moved ahead in spite of that as his shepherd's heart directed him. Thirdly, he refused to become discouraged. That wasn't going to happen. It reminded me of David when he was under a lot of criticism. And finally asked the question, is there not a cause? And I think that's what uh, Nehemiah was asking. That's sometimes what shepherds do as they think about criticism and and. Uh, the part of continuing on in the midst of that. There is a cause that needs to go on. He refused to become discouraged. Fourthly, very important, and we related, we said, talked about this already. He went to God in prayer, verse 9. For they made us afraid, saying, their hands shall be weakened from the work, that it be not done. And then he says, Now therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. We went to God in prayer. Fifthly, he kept building. He kept building the wall. And that's found in verse 15. And so the wall was finished in a very short time. The wall was finished. And Nehemiah serves with a shepherd's heart. He shows his examples. He finished the task that was put before him faithfully in finishing the project that he was assigned to. Shepherds of today have projects that they are assigned to as well. Work and it is not, life is such that, that the torch is passed from one to the other. But the faithfulness of Nehemiah is, is uh, again seen as he, as he did his part when he needed to. And so it is with, with shepherds. It will not continue the same people for years after years or many, many years, but will be turn to another, but the thing is, if we, can, if we can have the satisfaction of doing our part and realize that the work is finished in victory, the wall was finished. The shepherd has a caring heart. Make the comparison now as as we think about, I love this, the thought and, you know, in the word of God about the sheep and the shepherds. And the, there's uh, the good shepherd aspect, but uh, there's also just the part of the, the bonding that is there uh, given to us by teachings from the chief shepherd and Jesus' care and compassion as the great shepherd. But certainly the shepherd has a caring heart. And I'd like to just make the comparisons now of a, 
of a shepherd that's out there on the, in the field. <coughs> Happens a lot more in other countries than in America where someone actually is a, is a full-time shepherd. But a shepherd's care will stand out as he is a real shepherd. So just think about these things as we, as we compare a real shepherd and a shepherd in the church. Shepherds in ancient and in Bible times, and even today in parts of the world, uh, have a special kind of relationship with the sheep. There might be several flocks belonging to others in the same sheepfold, but it's said when the shepherd called, his sheep recognized his voice. And then they responded. That's how he knew he heard their voice. They responded and followed him. To other voices, even attempting to mimic the shepherd, the sheep paid no attention. The shepherd would commonly lead his sheep to pasture, spend the day with them there and sometimes the night as well. There he defended them from robbers and wild beasts. He kept the restless sheep from trespassing on farmland. He searched eagerly for sheep that had strayed and brought them back. He cared with tenderness for the young and the weak in the flock. To some sheep, he gave a special name to which they answered and then were rewarded with little expressions of kindness. Where shepherds have that kind of heart, the bond between them and the sheep is a beautiful thing. I love the picture in Luke chapter 15, the parable there of the lost sheep. Luke 15, verses 4 and 5. I think it's also found in Matthew, but we'll look at the two verses here. Luke 15, 4 and 5. Jesus says, What man of you, having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. I love that picture of a shepherd. And that picture of that lost sheep who wandered away. I think it's a picture of repentance. There are sheep that do wander away. And they want to go their own way. They take their own path. And it leads oftentimes to truly being lost, alone. This sheep not knowing 
where it was, lost. And we see the shepherd very concerned about that, leaving the 90 and 9 and saying, they're, they're one of those sheep. Is lost. And you could just picture as you think about the difficulty that he had to go through to go find that lost sheep. And as he wandered through probably hard places, maybe steep, maybe thorny, it didn't turn him back. He had a goal, he had a purpose, he was there. He was wanting, he was needing as much as possible to find that lost sheep. And I can just uh, imagine as we think about this, this parable, the part of him listening at times. Do I hear something? Could that be that sheep I hear? And maybe the sheep hearing him as he was drawing near. And maybe that sheep made an effort to be heard. At one time, he wandered away. At one time, he was far away from wanting to be on the shoulders of the shepherd. And there is where I see that sign of repentance and the, and the beautiful sign of the shepherd and the sheep, where it says, he layeth it on his shoulders. I don't think there was a struggling. I don't think there was, a, there was a, any kind of a resistance to get on the shepherd's shoulders. Probably totally different from when the, he left the fold. And so the sheep is laying on the shoulders of the shepherd, now content. And what a beautiful journey they must have had back to the 90 and 9 as that sheep was found. You could put some names with examples of this situation. I can as well. Where there was great resistance, where there was a wandering away, but when the shepherd and the sheep came together, the time was such that there was rejoicing for the shepherd and the sheep. and rejoicing was there, a shepherd's heart. Now a good shepherd is also contrasted with the hireling, and that's talked about as well. Gives us the negative aspect of a, of a shepherd. For the hireling, looking after the sheep is just a job. Something he's paid to do. There's not an attachment to the sheep. His service may be adequate until trouble comes. But if caring for the sheep is going to involve personal cost or danger, he'll look out for himself first. The hireling, in other words, provides no protection for the sheep. 
Jesus says that the hireling sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. Sad picture of the sheep being scattered. The hireling simply wants to get himself out of harm's way. He doesn't know what it means to have a shepherd's heart. You see, he's not a true shepherd. And brethren, I remind us, we, we are only under shepherds of the great shepherd of the sheep. That good shepherd Jesus is referred to in John 10, 14, the great shepherd of the sheep, Hebrews 13, 20. And when the sheep and when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. I like that last part, that fadeth not away. As we become uh, older, we experience some things fading away. Maybe memory, maybe energy, maybe endurance. And that's why the church needs to go on with younger brethren being put into place. And I love that aspect of church life as well when we see the younger picking up the responsibilities. So yes, First Peter 5, 4, I just repeated, and when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Who needs more than that? And so, to the shepherds of today, feed the flock of God, which is among you, taking the oversight thereof not by constraint, but willingly. To Brother Jason, I bless you with this writing that I came across. It doesn't have a title, but I think it fits this evening. It fits a shepherd's heart. Just where you stand in the conflict, there is your place. Just where you think you are useless, hide not your face. God placed you here for a purpose. Whatever it be, think. He has chosen you for it. Work loyally. Gird on your armor, be faithful, at toil or rest. Whatever it be, never doubting God's way is best. And may the Lord bless you and your family. Also the congregation here, Brother Dwight, for your availability and willingness. And I know that you have a desire to, to be a brotherhood that will 
work together as you as you need to. It's just uh, a blessing, and you see that clearly tonight. But review it a year from now, and just make sure that uh, there is this, this still the same concerns there. Lord bless each of you from for coming tonight, for being here. I'm sure your attendance is appreciated, and may the Lord. Go with each of us as we labor for him. Let's stand for prayer. Our Father, we come to you tonight thanking you for this weekend, thanking you for each part of it, and now thanking you for uh, showing your will for Brother Jason and his family and the church here. And we just pray that you would be continue to give strength, Lord, we know that you are able. We know that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ, but it will stand, and we want to be faithful in being the, what we ought to be within the brotherhood, within the body of Christ. Just pray for each one as they go back to their respective uh, churches and homes that we would all remember our very important part in the Church of Jesus Christ and also in the travels that will go with returning. We just ask for, for traveling mercies as well in that. Thank you again for this congregation. Ask that you would bless each effort that has been put forth. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated.